the Tom Sumner Program. Old Fashioned Radio for a New Generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Not an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom, how you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon... They will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. W.H. Weiscarver, a recent guest on the show, has pledged 50% of the proceeds from his book Twilight of Empire from sales between October 1st and October 31st to support the Tom Sumner program. W.H. Weiscarver, a former National Security Advisor and counsel for the U.S. Senate Armed Services Committee, pulls no punches, fusing history with political intrigue in Twilight of Empire, the third of four planned novels in the Resurrection Saga series. W.H. Carver's book, Twilight of Empire, shows that the U.S. has all the wealth, science, and resources to solve every issue we face today. Twilight of Empire by W.H. Carver is available on Amazon and Apple Books. For more information and to support the Tom Sumner program, visit whyscarver.com. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. And welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. My uh, my guest this hour is the author of uh, a new book called Laid Bare. Uh, let me see if I can get the rest of the title right here. Um, yeah, What the Business Leader Learned from the Stripper. And uh, her name is... Paulina Tenner. She joins me on uh, on the phone from the uh, UK. Hi, Paulina. Welcome to the show. Hello, Tom. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited to be on the show. Well, I thought this would be a fun conversation to have because um, you talk about um, business leadership. Uh, you're a thought leader, a tech startup, angel investor, TEDx speaker. And how was, again, the na- the title of the book, let me see if I can, I want to make sure and get this right. Laid Bare, What the Business Leader Learned from the Stripper. Um, which one are That's you in that? Which one are you in that title? Are you the business leader or the stripper? I'm both. I'm both. <laughs> That's the fun of it. 
I've got a bit of a split identity from, so, you know, um, I am an entrepreneur and, a, and, a, and an investor, as you kind of introduced me, but also my greatest hobby is burlesque. So, stripping on stage in various nightclubs and having loads of fun while at it. So, you know, for, for, for some time, I, I kind of really enjoyed having that double life and keeping it a bit of a secret, but then at some point I thought, it, I'm actually going to come out with the fact that this is what I do and um, let my full kind of personality shine and, you know, not have a care in the world about what people say. So uh, that was a fun process. And it was a massively fun process writing the book. But what kind of businesses have you been involved with? Yes, so I built a business called Grand Tree, which is now has over 40 people in it, and it's a UK-based grant fund, funding consultancy. So we help uh, businesses involved in technological and scientific products to um, essentially get government funding, so to get grants and um, tax rebates. And um, we've raised over 200 million sterling for over 600 clients in the last 11 years. So we've been doing quite well. <laughs> and and do the do the clients know that you have this this other life, this stripper life? Well, now that I've written a book about it, some of them <laughs> definitely will know. And I've done I've done a TEDx about it as well, and it went down really well for me. It was actually really enjoyed by the business community, and actually. Funnily enough, I had an invitation on a prestigious panel in my industry um, it's called the Institute of Engineering and Technology that advises the government on policy. And I had the invitation on that panel only because the chairman of that panel saw my TEDx talk, which was about the businesswoman and the stripper. So, uh, yeah, it just shows that people were really embracing it to really kind of honest and open about your quirks, about your passions, about your weirdnesses. Uh, yeah, the world will embrace it really well. So I think it's made me a more powerful leader, actually, uh, being a, being a intellectual girl. But when you started out, you know, collecting clients and, and meeting with clients and, and talking at various yeah. uh, business functions, you kept the fact that you had been or were a stripper um, secret. And when and how did you yeah. decide, you know, to just throw caution to the wind and blend it all? Yeah. So it was maybe two years after I started uh, performing burlesque. Mm, I just felt, you know, I'm a little bit tired of it being a secret and constantly worrying if there's going to be a client of mine in the, in the audience of a nightclub that I'm performing at. So I just thought, you know what, I just want I want it all to be out in the open. I want people, if they search for my name, to be actually able to find that I'm also a stripper, that that's also something that I do, that's something that I enjoy, something that gives my kind of rebellious, creative side an outlet. So it was, I think, back in 2013 that I did my product talk, and that's when it all kind of, I decided to be public about it, which doesn't mean, you know, it's not the best idea at every business meeting that I go to, to first thing I say out the door is, is <laughs> that I'm a stripper, but <laughs> if it comes up, why not? <laughs> um, 
but how how have people reacted? Have you lost clients since you started? Uh, you know, letting it be known that you are being open also- about it. Yeah, so not that I know about it. So, like I told you, I had this invitation to the prestigious panel because the chairman told the talk. I don't think I have lost any clients, uh, not to my knowledge, not for that reason. Um, some people in my life are skeptical. So while my husband really supports me and he's very enthusiastic about it because he sees that it just gives me fulfillment and it's a lot of fun. My parents, particularly my mom, you know, when I was raised as a Polish Catholic, she is not particularly appreciative of me doing burlesque. So, you know, that is just to say that it's not all rosy and not everybody, if you do something edgy and not PC like this, not everybody in your life will fully accept it. But that's, that's okay with me. Do you use different names for business or burlesque? Yes, I do, yeah. I do. I have a stage name uh, for my burlesque adventures. And now some of the work that you do for clients is in obtaining government grants. How are some of the... Uh, That's right. How, how are some of these... Um, these these grant funders, these various uh, ministries in the UK, how do they respond? I wouldn't say that I'm quite as famous for funding bodies like, I don't know, Innovate UK, approach me and say, we're not happy with what you're doing. <laughs> I'm just an owner of a consultancy, and um, I don't think that well, maybe one should look up uh, a, a conversation will happen, but nothing like that has happened yet for somebody from the funding body to approach me and to say, we don't appreciate what you do at night. <laughs> <laughs> um, usually you'd expect, uh, you know, somebody to say that to a, a co-worker who maybe comes in hungover or something, but <laughs> I, don't exactly, think, yeah. I don't think they're all thinking about uh people live living double lives do you feel like you're living a double life a little bit i feel like i'm living more than one life which is really fun because you know typically people either decide to go into business and serious professionals or you know i have friends who are full-time strippers and actually or pole dancers and actually do it uh full-time i don't know that many people who have that kind of double life that i have and it's you know, from my perspective, why not live several lives at once if you can? It's so much fun. It just gives you such a breadth of human experience. It's beautiful. You know, I know a lot of uh, uh, musicians who have ultimately settled into uh, professional jobs and, and wear a suit and tie all day and go out and play music at night or, or play but it's sort of a part-time moonlighting thing. Is burlesque like that for you, or is it a full-blown career as well? No, it's, it's more of a part-time thing that I do on the side um, because it's fun and because I enjoy it. I don't think I would want to make it a full-blown career because um, then there would be more pressure on it. I don't think I would enjoy it quite as much um, if I was doing it full-time like I do my other business things. How often do you 
get to work burlesque and and how long a show do you do how does how does that work yeah so i would go and have a, a gig maybe a couple of times a month and a show is five to ten minutes to do like one or two songs uh, and dance to it and strip but you can do that sometimes several times a night and you can sometimes have assignments for example once i um moderated a whole little stage so there was a big ball like an, an, an event organized by last Tuesday society here in London and they had several small stages in a big big venue and I managed one of those stages which meant that I not only performed myself but I had to hire other performers introduce them um, just basically coordinate it all so it can be just me performing, but it can be me also managing others and bringing others to the stage, like comparing um, as well as performing. So, so it depends on the type of the gig. What do the other strippers think about your day job? Ah, good question. Um, some of them, yeah, I wonder how you ask. I guess. Some of them may be a little bit jealous that I may have my own company and that I have financial freedom because some of them are, you know, not as well off as they'd like to be. Um, some of them may think that I'm not serious enough in my selective career because I've got other things that I do. So I, I suppose that some of them could think that. But I need to start asking you why. <laughs> I just I just wondered if they're if they're a little bit curious about it or if it's inspiring to some of them to maybe do more than than what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully it is. I don't talk that much so they know I have a job. I don't talk that much about it and I don't say that I have my own company. Um I just, um, you know, I'm just not as performing as frequently as some of them, so they, they know I've got other things going on. Uh, but, yeah, perhaps it could be an inspiration to some, just knowing that you can combine both your business life and your stripper life. Well, I'm just absolutely fascinated by this, and, and I want to talk to you some more. Um, Paulina, um, I have to take a, a a short break here in about a minute. And um, can you stick no problem. can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more? No worries at all. Of course oh, I can. All right. My guest is Paulina Tenner, and she is the author of a book called "Laid Bare: What the Business Leader Learned from the Stripper." And if you're listening to us on WFOV ninety two point one LPFM in Flint. Uh, Our Voices Radio is a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my friend Paul Herring. We're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We're going to continue to start your weekend early with my conversation with Paulina Tenner, author of Laid Bare, What the Business Leader learned from the stripper so stay tuned we'll be back with more of today's edition of the tom sumner program right after this
Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know, Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. 
Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. We continue now with my conversation with the uh, author of a new book called Laid Bare, What the Business Leader Learned from the Stripper. Her name is Paulina Tanner. She joins me by phone from the U.K. Paulina, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. No, 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 I thought um, it's lovely to be on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me, and it's lovely to be in front of an amazing American audience. Um, I know that the book will be available in American bookstores as well, so, um, yeah, uh, excited to have the opportunity to talk about it. Well, just before the break, I was asking you what other uh, strippers uh, think about the fact that you have this other life, uh, you know, owning a business of your own and uh, being an entrepreneur and so on but uh, it made me wonder what came first for you business or burlesque actually it was business so i started doing burlesque because at some point or some point when i was kind of growing and skating my business i felt so burnt out so tired so continuously in my head uh, as opposed to in my body, as opposed to, you know, in my creativity. But I felt like, you know, I need to do something outrageous. I need to do something crazy to really come back to myself, to really feel my own power again. And then, you know, I remember there was a particular day when I was in central London in Piccadilly Circus, and I walked past this venue, which doesn't exist anymore, but it used to be called Cafe de Paris. And I saw a fragment of a um, cabaret show rehearsal, and I saw some burlesque showgirls, showgirls in it. And I was like, God, there must be a way one becomes a burlesque showgirl. I need to find out how to do this. And, you know, I made a few phone calls or a few emails, uh, and I found out names of some schools, uh, one of which I signed up to, and I did a burlesque course, and I started performing. It's it was an amazing adventure. It still is. Well, it's it's interesting because a lot of people, you know, that work in business, especially people starting their own business, it can be very draining. It takes up all your time and energy and, and all of your thought process. And, you know, they, they look for ways to unwind. But what is it about you that made you think the best way to unwind was to take your clothes off in front of people? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I always had a kind of like risk pain side side to me. So I always liked kind of pushing boundaries and being on the border of like not being particularly politically correct. I really always enjoyed that life on edge, and um, it was just by chance that I, like I like I said, I discovered that there is you know such a there is a cabaret world and. Uh, there are strippers in it, and there are, you know, girls with peacock fans, peacock feathered fans, and there's all this, like, lace-clad, sequin-covered fabulousness that I, uh, you know, don't know much about. And then I just made a decision on the spot, I'm going to find out how to become one of them. So, I don't know what it is about me. I guess there's, like, some kind of innate craziness and hunger for wild life on the edge 
were uh, were you wild when you were in in your teens? Um, not particularly. So I was actually quite a good girl, to be honest. Um, my parents, like, I didn't particularly feel I need to rebel. Um, my parents were pretty open-minded. Um, I just put, put, got my head down and studied quite hard. So I think maybe the period of rebellion manifested uh, later in my kind of late teens, early 30s, when I started doing burlesque. Uh, I wasn't actually a particularly wild teen, were you? I'm sorry, I missed what you just said. No, I was asking if you were a wild teen, Tom. Um, yeah, I was a drummer. <laughs> nice, nice. Where did you play? All over. I, I played full-time for a number of years. I was on the road playing, in fact. Love it. Have you spent it. Have you spent much time in the States? Not much, to be honest. No, I, I, I still want to do a big road trip. So uh, one day, yeah, that's, that's a dream. I just, I just wondered if, um, if the burlesque venues in, um, in the UK and in Europe were, were different than the ones here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It's a good. I performed in Canada, in Ontario, and then um, in Ottawa, um, and they weren't too different actually. It was just a kind of night. There's a variety of venues. There isn't such a thing as a typical burlesque venue because um, sometimes you know there there are maybe cabaret clubs. There are kind of set up. There's a stage. There are some little tables. So that's mainly more on the kind of typical side of things that people would expect to have some funny guys, to have a compare, to have maybe a circus act, maybe a stand-up comedy act, then a burlesque act. But you get to perform in a wide variety of venues, and some of them don't even have an actual stage. I'm just talking to um, a performer I want to bring into my launch party, which I'm doing in London in um, at the beginning of December. And I'm doing it in a Club, but in a private room where which is set up like a beach so there's sun, you know, there there's like some pool for pole dancing and there's a tiki bar but there isn't a stage as such so very often as a performer you'll find yourself you know, performing in all sorts of places where you need to accommodate you know, what the venue has to offer and you have to make it work, you have to make your act work wherever it is so yeah, um, it's, I wouldn't say that the venues are that different. It's just that there's a wide variety of them. You know, once I performed for a New Year's Eve party at a, a little, tiny little club that's actually a converted underground toilet con converted into a little club. And <laughs> there you're just up against the audience. There's not even much separation between, you know, your space as a performer and... Uh, mm, the guests or the audience. So you face all the challenges as a performer, actually. Are the uh, audiences, um, are they pretty well behaved? Most of the time, yes. Um, so the less audiences, as opposed to kind of trip club punters, are mixed. So there are quite a lot of women that actually come 
you see burlesque shows because it's more empowering because you see um, ladies of all sorts of shapes and sizes on stage embracing their sexuality and embracing their, their body and their femininity and it's completely empowering. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, sorry, I had a, a, a call coming in which I had to reject there. So it's pretty empowering for women pretty empowering for women actually to be um, looking at, to be seen burlesque. Um, whereas, you know, strip clubs where pole dancers and strippers perform is, are mostly when it's for men. Um, so, you know, what was I telling you this? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's I was asking you if the, if, the, if the crowds in burlesque venues were pretty well behaved I you know this is uh, oh yeah, yeah I, of course. I, I was I, thinking about some of the strip clubs in the states and especially you know where I am based in Flint Michigan it's kind of a blue-collar town and some of the places seem yeah. a little bit seedy now I don't want to say that I've been to a lot of them, but I, you know, have visited a couple of strip clubs in my life, and one of the things that I find out the way uh, that I find interesting is the way they're portrayed in in movies and television is that they're they're just packed shoulder to shoulder with men, ogling these women that are taking their clothes off, and they're loud and rowdy. But when I've visited strip yeah. clubs, the guys are just kind of sitting there, sort of panting to themselves. It, they're very quiet and very subdued. And and I just wondered if the audiences are are different in the places where you work and and where the audiences are better behaved in uh, in burlesque or business. <laughs> <laughs> ah, very good question. So, yeah, so um, I would consider a well-behaved audience an, an audience that's actually quite rowdy and loud because you want the applause, you want all the appreciation, you want them to, like, whistle and shout and be enthusiastic, you know, but it's, that's what it's all about. Um, but it can go too far. So in that tiny venue that I mentioned to you, the one that was uh, like a underground toilet converted into a little club. I was so close up against the audience that someone was trying to grab me and that wasn't fun. So um, it's an absolute no-no to try to touch a performer, um, particularly a burlesque performer because, you know, strippers that work as lap dancers have different rules sometimes. It's permissible. But not in burlesque. So a ballet performer can sometimes catch you so when he or she, for example, enters the crowd and, for example, I don't know, touches the head of someone or the shoulder of someone else. When it's a walkabout type of act, sometimes it happens. But, um, yeah, on the whole, I really like when they're a bit louder. When they're just sitting there not really appreciating what you're doing, it's just no fun. And when it comes to which audiences better behave, business or burlesque, it's so difficult to say because, you know, business audience can be, you know, people you do business with. They can be very open and generous, but they can be quite devious. And uh, it's not always what you think that's the truth. And at least with a burlesque audience, with a cabaret audience, you know, 
you get what you see. So if somebody is a bit tipsy, loud, you know, you, you, you know what to expect. And with a business card, you don't always know to expect when you do business with people. When you're doing your show in a, in a burlesque venue um, versus negotiating a business deal, are they both seductions? I think so. I think so. I absolutely think that, you know, 80% of doing business is all about relationships and it's all about the energy that's between the two people entering into uh, in some kind of deal together. So, um, yes, it's about chemistry uh, and yes, it's about seduction. I think so, definitely. You know, not the kind of seduction that you want to end up in bed with them. It's not about that, but it's it's about chemistry and getting it right and figuring out, you know, how to get um, on the right side, how to get on the good side, how to make sure that, you know, your needs are met in a business deal as well as the other parts of needs are met. So it's, yeah, it's, it's an interplay of energies, emotions. It's fascinating. Now, the book, again, is called Laid Bare, what the business leader learned from the stripper by Paulina Tenner. Paulina, uh, um, why write this book? I mean, who are you hoping will read it, and what are you hoping they'll get out of it? Very good question. So um, I am uh, writing it. I've written it for a crowd of entrepreneurs as well as business people. And... They, they get quite a lot out of it in terms of actually facing their, because I, I talk about my mental health, I talk about um, how to grow and develop a, a company into a, you know, in my company people set their own salaries and financial transparency, it's quite a unique culture. So uh, what readers will get out of it is um, helping them to understand and um, how to embrace their whole self as an individual and become a part, more powerful leader. And for those who are building their own companies, it will help them understand how it's possible and it's definitely possible to combine profitability with well-being of people and um, grow a company that's wholesome, that respects its employees and treat them like adults. Well, um, in, in writing this book, Paulina, do you have the writing bug now? Is there, is there another book in the works? I think so, yeah. I'm not yet sure what it will be about, but it was so much fun that I would like to do it. Um, absolutely. How long did it take you to write this book? So the first draft was ready very quickly, it was ready in three months, because I just, you know, went for it. But that was just the first draft. And then came the editing process and figuring out what I want it to look like as a book, how you read, who read it, and why. And that took maybe another year to actually get it to the shape where it, when it was up to a point when it was ready to to show it to people. I did show it to some people earlier to see their feedback, but it wasn't yet ready to reach a bigger audience. And now it is. So um, everyone who is listening, um, you can pre-order it right now on Amazon. 
And the link is Paulina Tenner, so T-E-N-N-E-R, paulinatenner.com slash book. Very easy to remember. Um, and those, if there's anybody um, listening who is an entrepreneur, I actually have a, a particular a special offer for entrepreneurs since I'm also an angel investor for all those that pre-order the book and get in touch with me. Uh, it's at Paulina Tenner on all social media, so uh, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse. If you get in touch and tell me that you pre-ordered the book, I'm happy to give you 30 minutes of my time to uh, give you some feedback on your pitch. Because I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, and um, I love meeting new entrepreneurs. How how do other business women react to your message of embracing your your creative and and um, wild side? Hmm. So, um, quite and I'm thinking about this movement in the. I'm thinking about this movement yeah. in the states of hashtag Me Too and and and. Yeah, of course. Are you are you so, selling out your gender? <laughs> no, not at all. I think it's actually quite empowering to be a burlesque uh, performer because you are in control. You're not doing what the panther tells you to do. You're not taking your clothes off because somebody else tells you that you should take them off. You're doing it because you feel more in power um, in, in that way and it, you feel like you can reveal yourself and it's safe and it's um, and your body is beautiful and all of you should be loved and appreciated by audiences everywhere. So um, I think it's, it's, it's actually a beautiful act of self-love for me performing in that way. Um, I've never performed, I've never actually been a lap dancer, for example. I imagine that's quite a bit of a different dynamic because there you're actually performing for one person and the goal is arousal and it's, it's a little bit of a different circumstance. With the left, it's very, it's still very arty, very artistic. Um, you're telling a story, you're creating a character. That character has to have a reason to strip on stage. Um, it's usually funny. There are some gags, you know, you might smell your stocking and like throw it away in disgust or like whatever you do. But it's, it's fun, it's friendly, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, um, it's very empowering. So, um, if anything, I'd love to empower women to embrace their whole selves and their sexual selves as well and bring it all to the workplace too because why not? Because really being your whole self makes you a more powerful leader in the business context. Are, are women more um, able to take control of their lives in, in business and in their personal lives now than, than they used to be? Yes, I think so, yes. I think it's definitely the age of emancipation of women. Um, it's, you know, a lot of women are choosing career over family, which is absolutely a valid choice for many. A lot of them are combining career with family. 
um, it's no longer a kind of world where as a woman you expected to more or less serve others most of your life, you know, be it your father's husband or your children or your wider family, and your own needs are last on the list. I think that's no longer the case. Um, and kind of we've seen more and more women really come into their own and find their talents, um, find their passion, find what puts them on fire. So I think it's a very exciting time to be a woman, actually. Well, this has been absolutely fascinating. And Paulina, thank you so much for spending this time with me this morning and sharing uh, some of uh, your thoughts and and information about this new book. It's called Laid Bare, What the Business Leader Learned from the Stripper by Paulina Tenner. It's been an absolute delight, Paulina. Thank you so much. Oh, Tom, I'm so grateful that you invited me on the show. And all those listening, if you'd like to get in touch with me, it's at Paulina Tenner, T-E-N-N-E-R, um, on social media or paulinatenner.com slash book if you want to learn more about the book and pre-order it. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Tom. I bless you. Have an amazing rest of the show. All right. Thanks, Paulina, and have a great weekend. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Paulina Tenner. She is the author of a uh, new book called Laid Bare, What the Business Leader Learnt from the Stripper. More of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Once were the best bunny at the Playboy Club You're getting to be a rabbit with me I just sit there and stare As you hop from shrub to shrub You're getting to be a rabbit with me When I proposed to you that evening last spring You said you'd be my mate so I went out and bought a two-carat ring And both of them you ate Then your ears grew an inch And your nose began to twitch And I noticed your tail was attached permanently So I keep you in the backyard in a wooden hutch Cause you're getting to be a little too much Like Bugs Bunny You're getting to be a rabbit with me I feel like something's switching It's all so strange and new Egad, my nose is twitching I'm a rabbit too I'm getting to be a rabbit Hippity hop, I love you I'm getting to be a rabbit like you Move over, honey, and pass the lettuce. Tom Sumner, program.com. The Tom Sumner, program.com. From the Tom Sumner Show. Oh.
Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now, and now too, and even now. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Lions. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I'm willing to admit that. Hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all always. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a kind and check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. The Tom Sumner Program is made possible with support from Seth David Radwell, a recent guest on the program and author of American Schism, How the Two Enlightenments Hold a Secret to Healing Our Nation, released in July 2021. As Publishers Weekly writes in its recent glowing review of American Schism, business executive Radwell's epic debut examines the historical influences that have led to what he sees as the collapse of politics in the United States. Seth Radwell makes the case that the current chasm between the American right and left can be traced back to the 18th century's Age of Enlightenment and the basic tenets of liberty, equality, and reason. American Schism provides a historical perspective that can help bridge current-day divides. American Schism by Seth David Radwell is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. For more information, go to AmericanSchismBook.com. 
MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. The uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been waiting in the anteroom of uh, Dr. Haldanish's psychiatric office. In a few moments, uh, Dr. Haldanish will release his last patient. Uh, We've asked for him to give us this hour to discuss with him his new methods in treating psychotic patients. Oh, the door is just opening now, and the patient is just leaving. And we're going into Dr. Haldanis' office now. The patient, that was the patient leaving. Nice, I don't want that nut in here again. Do you hear me? I don't want her in here for any money, for anything. I don't want that lady in here again. Excuse me, who are you? Uh, doctor, I... Do you have an appointment? Yes, I do. I am paying for this hour in order to interview you. Oh, oh are you uh, from the, uh, the, the presses? Yes. Oh, how, are, how jolly you are, must be. <laughs> sir, sir, Dr. Haldanish, you yes. just told your nurse not to allow your patient back. Uh, that is yes, not... I can't take it. I can't. Um, what do you she mean? spoke filthy. Filth. Do you hear well, me? You're, well, just Filth on, on my, my house and my... Just a moment. Uh, you, are, homes. you are a psychiatrist. That's right, accredited. Yes. Yeah, so what's good? I'm not a doctor, I'm accredited. <laughs> Meaning what? I mean that uh, certain people have said you're, you're accredited. You are all right. But you are a doctor. No, not in the not in the legal sense. Well, you have the word D... Oh, it's not doctor. It's no. D-C-R. Yes, it's... Docker. Docker. It's very close. <laughs> you, don't, you, you don't look close, I'm a doctor. <laughs> well, Docker Haldanish... <laughs> <laughs> doctor... Doctor Doctor Haldanish, you 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 are treating you are treating uh, s- people who are in need of psychiatric yes. help. I lift their hopes. I turn their spirit. I'd like to get back to this yes. poor girl who went screaming from your office. Well, she's filthy and dirty. Well, what is her problem? And I nearly called a policeman in here to hit her and arrest her. Why do I have to hear that junk? Do you have any people who have real problems? A few. I read them girl That girl like, is how long, sick. How long she uh, been? Well, she is some nut. But she's that's crazy. She's crazy. Oh, God. See, that girl is crazy. Have I you ever work. cured anybody of anything? Twice. Who? Once a fellow who loved his dog. So, what was his problem? A fella, Arnold. And most people love their dogs. Arnold. No, but uh, never mind. He really loves his dog. And uh, there was a lady by niece. And what was her problem? Niece. She just would sit around the house and tear paper. So uh, you cured both of these. How did you cure the dog lover? What technique did you use? The dog lover, I said, hey, you can't do that. What are you Oh, yeah, let's get him to the... Uh, I, said, I woke him up. I, yeah. I opened his eyes. And Bernice? 
Boy, niece, I said, don't that paper. I saw like this shit now is that paper. Go out and meet people and go to a party, go to a social function. Don't sit in that paper. Did you cure her? Yes, I cured her. Just telling her not to tear paper. Well, no, a few bats are slapping the hand. Bats! That's that. That's that. Well, that would necessitate your being with her at all times. Well, I lived with her for a while. As a critic, as a viewer, as an I, onlooker. I see. Oh. One, one last question. That filthy woman comes back again. Yes. Being with her father, I swear I'm calling a police. Well, sir, I, I'm sorry we don't have much. I'm not more a time. violent man. I'm sorry we don't have much more time. But if you had your way, she sir, she was kissing her father in the dream. Oh, is that the dream? Kissing her father in the dream. Well, you want to hear? Well, things? many oh. daughters. I have a daughter, and I kiss my daughter in real life. We kiss each other. Uh, nice talking to you. Goodbye. <laughs> This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
And I know that this must be heaven How could so much love be inside of you? The sunshine of my life That's why I'll always stay around You are the apple of my eye Forever you stay in my heart it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner program kicking the weekend off a little bit early with uh, some interesting conversations especially this last hour with um, Paulina Tenor from uh, the UK uh, talking about her new book and uh, what the business leader learned from the stripper her book called Laid Bare and uh, before that we talked with um, uh, a writer, uh, Christine Naiman, who uh, shared a, in her memoir um, the story of uh, her daughter's addiction and uh, finding their way back to each other, the book called About Natalie. And then, really, it, this was really interesting to me because I love old mysteries, the 30s and 40s drawing room mysteries and film noir and so on. And um, a uh, Michigan-based author, uh, New York Times best-selling author who lives here in Michigan, uh, Colleen Cambridge was my guest during the first hour this morning, and we kicked it off talking about her new book, which is the first in uh, what promises to be a series called, the, the first one is called Murder at Mallowan Hall, a... Um, fill it a bright uh, mystery and fill it a bright is um, Agatha Christie's head of household now it's a fictional story but it's uh, but it has an element of Agatha Christie and her husband in the uh, in the story anyway fascinating show went flying by have a great weekend i'll see you monday morning good night everybody the tom sumner program is a live variety show we want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions 
most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.